I'm Ariana. And my name's Ryan. And this is I, I Wear, wear grippy, grippy Socks. She wears no strings. I wear grippy socks. She's in the psych ward. I'm in the detox. A mental health podcast by two know-nothing millennials from a seriously non-clinical viewpoint. This episode may contain graphic content, so please be advised. And remember, thank, thank you, you for being here. here. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of I Wear Grippy Socks. Today we have a very special guest, a woman whose vagina I came out of roughly 28 years ago. No, I'm not talking about your mom, I'm talking about my mom. Hello mom, how are you? I was doing well until that introduction. You didn't like that? No, that's disgusting. But hi. It's you know, it's the circle of life. It is the circle of life. This is true. But true. you're doing well. You're doing well today. I'm, I am doing well, thank you. No complaints. Nope, not yet. All right. <laughs> We're gonna get there. How are you doing today, Ariana? I am feeling great. Feeling good to have family around us this last couple of days. So it's been a, a good holiday season for us. So I can't wait to see what what the next year has to come. Easy enough. I'm doing well. Also, thank <laughs> yes, you guys right. for asking. Sorry. Um, so, mom, where should we where should we begin? I guess a good place to start would be with your own mental health. Mm, I'm struggling. I mean, I'm okay, but I'm struggling. Um, I am going to start counseling next week. I have an appointment, and I'm looking forward to it. That's good. What's wrong with you? Um, there are many things. <laughs> I'm dealing with many things. That's good. Um, but well, that's to good. to be honest, and the reason I guess I'm here is that I want to learn some tools to to help me deal with the things that you are sharing and that I don't know about. And even though you're my adult, you're an adult. You're still my my child. And Pro- so, am I your favorite child? Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I, I would say that to the other two, though. Oh my God. Do you hear that, everybody? Yes. Do you hear that? No matter what I have done in the past, it can't be that bad, obviously, if I'm still the favorite child. Is that, is that reasonable? Is that fair to say? I just said that I would say the same thing to the other two if they asked me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. So that's what I'm saying. You're so all nothing, my favorite. Yeah. You are, so nothing uh, I've done could be that bad if I'm the favorite. So there's nothing really to process, I would say. I'm, we're in a good place right now. It's been difficult, though. There yeah. have been some really difficult times. With the, uh, you starting counseling, is is this the first time you're getting into counseling, or have you had counseling in the past? Um, I went briefly. Um, I'm going to... So I don't know if your listeners know the history, but um, three and a half years ago when it became obvious that Ryan was a drug addict, when the addiction became an obvious thing, and... You know, so many things happened over the years that I, you know, I don't know if you want to call it denial or things, something would happen and then it would settle down. And then, so I didn't think it was that bad. And it never once though occurred to me that, uh, that Ryan's, um, was an addict. It mm-hmm. did not, I knew there was drug use and, and underage drinking and rebellion and all those things. But I never, never occurred to me he was an addict. So three and a half years ago is when it really hit the fan. Um, and I started counseling. I had made an appointment right like a week before, a week before things really got bad and Ryan went to treatment. And I went for like three and a half months, but then um, Stella, my mother, got sick and died and then 
I just didn't have the energy to go back. To go back. That makes sense. Yeah, it was a tough time, but uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know that I was like. I mean, up until three and a half years ago, I don't know that I was like addicted to one particular substance. I would say I was just wiling. Yes, I and I and I knew you were. I, I mean, I knew you were obviously there you were, were there were there would be an incident. And like I said, then things would calm down or a lot. I'm, I realize now there is a lot I did not know. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning through this podcast or through TikTok or whatever platform Ryan stop is watching sharing my with. TikToks, and I, stop watching. That is the I'm sure They're wildly that is the first thing that the counselor will tell me to stop doing because um, because it's very unhealthy for me. And there's there are things you're sharing I don't need to know and things. I that mean, is happen. it unhealthy? Is it? It is, is it for unhealthy me. Unhealthy to know. It is for me. You think and, so? And if you ask your dad, your dad says, you know, it's insightful for him yeah. to know how you what you like, what you're doing, and things. And but for me, it's unhealthy. I can't. Uh, I can't. Um, I. It, it makes me sick. Like physically sick. Uh, I don't mean like, I mean like nervous and upset. I can't sleep. I cry. All those things that I just can't, I can't just separate myself from it. And I can't look at it or listen to it and react like someone else might be able to. Maybe because I'm your mom or just because I'm sensitive or that's my emotional, that's how I am. So it's not healthy for me. Right. I mean, I'm not naive to the fact that obviously a lot of it is not the world's, you know, greatest information to find out. You know, right. I'm not naive to that fact. Right. But but I, I know um, when I've some of the things I've watched, I'm learning about things that happened that I didn't know had happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's another struggle of mine is because um, I've told my friends, uh, some of my friends, I have not shared your story with a lot of my friends, but some of my friends, I said, oh, you know, you guys have started this podcast and I don't like the idea of them knowing things I don't know, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So I feel like I should listen and I don't want to be supportive. But um, at this point, I think it's not healthy for me. Yeah, I, I would say I, I definitely understand why my mom even, I'm, I feel like I have a really good relationship with her. And even when I was, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I feel like it's hard to figure out what a classification of wilding is because right. um, my mom obviously was triggered a lot too. And I was going to college or in the more wilder stage. And I know on my like level of wilding is not compared as hardcore as his, but as a mom, yeah, I, I I can only imagine feeling that pain of like worry constantly, them being your baby and you wanting to make sure that, you know, even when they're having a drink, like I'm, you know, you're going to get it home safe just in that small regard, not even on like a huge, you know, picture of all the use and stuff. But uh, my question also is like, so do you feel like your house dynamic also was a, a big part of that? And is there something you would change or look back on with like your home or how things were set up? Do you mean, do I think our home life contributed to his addiction? Or do you mean, do I think his addiction affected our home life and our relationships? I, I would say both. Even, even you know, living at home in the, with, like, what, what level of, commu- do you feel like there was good communication there, a lack of? Or how do you feel as a mom? Do you feel like you did address those, I don't know, like, rules good? Or I don't know, what, you know what I'm saying? You know, I... And this is, I think, another reason I really wanted to do this because as a mom, sorry, 
I was the traditional mom who stayed home with her kids and shout out to mom. Felt like I sacrificed a shitload. And, 100%. Yep. I sacrificed a lot for my children and I was a good mom. I am a good mom. I was a good mom. And I tried to provide them a happy life and a happy home and we did all the things that good moms do. I, I did all the things good moms do for her kids. True. And so when it came to light, every all of the poor choices that Ryan made, I had doubts about myself. I had to question, you know, what did I do wrong? Could I have done something differently? What did, did, what did his dad and I do wrong? And um, that's another reason I need help because you know what? I didn't do anything wrong. I did it, and but there's always that doubt. 100%. Should it we be, should we have been stricter? Um, I don't think we were particularly strict. I know that you said the other day that um, you know, yeah, you weren't supposed to hang out with with certain people. Well, that's what you do. You know, oh, you yeah, know they're I mean, wilding. Yeah. You know they're out of hand. You know they're doing drugs, and you say I don't want you around them. And you did what you did anyway. You you sneak 100%. out, and so. You know, I don't know. I don't know if there was anything. Maybe Ryan, you, maybe you can tell me. Should we have been stricter? Would it have mattered? Is it? Do you, you know, want to blame it on small town boredom? I just don't buy that. I blame it on. I mean, I look for anything to blame it on, really, besides myself, hundred percent. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I feel like we. Ha- I had a wonderful childhood. I haven't. Really, that's the most upsetting part because it's like, well, I have no excuse, really. I have no trauma. Then do really. you, would you say then do you do believe I know we've talked a little briefly is it a genetic thing or is it something that that you think that addiction is you know just something that happens or is it a play a part in it what do you what do you believe? I just really don't know. I mean it was for the most part it was I was not using because I was depressed or anything. For the most part I was just violent and it's the only way to put it. And I loved every second of it. And then eventually you just keep whiling. And then you can't stop. Right. And we do have family members, other family members that um, are dealing with substance abuse. Um, but I guess them, if there's anyone out there who's, you know, start, oh, I'm just going to try this one thing. And then it leads to another thing. It. Right. And, and I equate, I'm not... <laughs> I, I know this is a whole different level, but I remember in high school, all my friends were smoking, smoking cigarettes. And back then people smoked cigarettes and you think, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start smoking. I'm going to try it. And you, you start not ever thinking you're going to be addicted. Right. And then 10 years later, I'm pregnant and I can't quit smoking cigarettes, even though I know it's hurting my child. That's so, why he's the smallest now. Right. He was, he did have <laughs> the lowest birth rate. But I think that's an important message. I mean, just to, you know, to, to young people, to anyone who thinks, oh, I'm just going to try this one thing and I'm not going to become addicted. Well, look around you and people decide they're going to try it this one time. And then I, 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 I don't. It's hard because I also do agree. But also if someone who's been on the other side of things with experimenting i was much older not much older i'm not that old but um like in the sense of not being you know 18 to 25 i didn't experiment with any other drugs besides 
um, marijuana. So, and I've opened that door and I feel like I can be responsible. I know it doesn't mean that doesn't, at any point, that doesn't mean it can't turn and doesn't, you know, I can't go downhill, but I think there can be a responsible, it, okay, like alcohol, like people drink alcohol on that basis where it can be responsible. And a lot of people actually are not because a lot of people drink and drive, Yes, but you know, so where do, you know, I, I in life, how do we make those decisions? You know, it goes from one point, oh, it's just the fun once in a while. And then, it, and I know it amps up, but I don't necessarily think there is some, I'd, I'd, right? It's also about headspace. I think when we're partying and doing those things, if you're not here, if you're doing the drug for the wrong reason, then you don't need to be doing drugs. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be about the enjoyment of experiencing whatever that drug is going to bring to you in that moment. But if you're not in that right headspace, and I feel like I don't know if that had a contribution even to you. And I, and I know kind of bringing up even a more um, sensitive topic, but even like going through your, you know, sexual experiences and suppressing that in a small town and how that could also, I feel like greatly affect wanting to not, you know, do things to get you away from not being the person you didn't want to be. I guess that seems reasonable. I don't know. I, I feel like I just like to do drugs and then eventually the substances just become more and more addictive addicting addictive mm-hmm. i mean i don't care who you are if you do fent for three straight days you're gonna be addicted maybe even one i mean i it's so powerful so you don't it literally do just hijacks your brain i mean it takes over this, your limbic system it, it hijacks like your survival aspect of your brain at that point because to me yeah it was like because i use all the time and it wasn't until I became, you know, uh, it was the physical addiction. It's the physical, it's the feeling sick. It's, I mean, you literally feel like you're going to die if you do not get more drugs. And I mean, you will do whatever. And I don't think until I started really using Fent that I had ever experienced withdrawals, really. Like physical, like, you know, you can't sleep at night just absolutely the sickest you ever i mean the worst flu you've but i mean i would i feel like there's just it's hard to say also because it's like i don't know i mean sometimes you use for fun and then you're sometimes you're using not for fun i mean it's i don't don't know i feel like i've just been using drugs for so long it's hard to be like oh you know this time it was because of this or this time i feel like i've just always liked the exploration of consciousness for better or worse I will say, um, I I believe that from the time he was very young, Ryan exhibited um, kind of a everything in extreme attitude. That's right, it's, and and it everything. I mean, so if he's gonna do drugs, it gets out of hand. He's gonna Let's drink, it's go. out of hand. If he's Let's gonna go. drink energy drinks, he Let's can't just go. have one energy drink. It's Let's like go. everything in excess. If he's into working out, he goes to the gym. It, Let's go. It is it's everything <laughs> in excess, and that's a scary uh, thing to see uh, in someone. A, a, to me, a scary characteristic, you know, that because you can you go to the gym too much, that's not healthy either. Or yeah, you know, but you get swole. Well, I'm just saying, you know, everything in yeah. n- none of it's good. No, I agree. I mean, they say that's why, like, it just seems like the drugs are obvious. I mean, like they say, it's just a symptom of something else. Yeah. I mean, you just substitute. It's drugs. It's the gym. It's sex. Right. It's right. really anything. But they say, you know, addiction, it's like an obsessive compulsive. 
And there are times, I mean, it's like I don't even feel human. It's like I don't, I'm like on autopilot. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't know, it is a very odd phenomenon. Because there's like times I'm like driving, I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. And there you go. It's moseying right along. That's why we're going to focus it in a more positive manner. We're going to become obsessed with the podcast. <laughs> I think um, that's a, okay. So for me, when I'm uh, at home and um, upset, I was very upset last last month. Um, le- just the things I'm learning uh, that I didn't know, like I said. And, um, you were getting out there. Yeah, you're sharing a lot. And I think this podcast that you're doing has uh, been very, in my opinion, very therapeutic. Uh, I don't know about for you, Ariana, but I know for Ryan, it seems to be 100%. absolutely great for him to talk about. And I, and one thing about Ryan, um, I don't, I don't know how many of your, the listeners here follow him on TikTok, but maybe some do. And Ryan likes to joke. It's humor. It gotcha. is everything is funny. And there are things that for me he jokes about that aren't at all funny. <laughs> and I know I'm not uh, I'm not the only person who probably feels that way. And I think there are probably mm-hmm. other people who've stumbled across your TikTok and go, What? Why are you making fun of this? Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm sh- I can't Very even upset. imagine the comments that I, don't like it. I would probably be upset. By I mean, honestly, of most comments. of them are very positive. Well, and which is so. Still odd. So. Okay. So one time I, I started watching some of your TikTok and I'm like, oh my gosh, Ryan, take this stuff down. This is terrible. And, um, and I would talk to your dad about it and your dad would say, it's, and you said, it's not for you. You are, me. you're not my audience. Mm-hmm. You're not like, I'm, this is not right. for you. If you ain't boofing Robitussin and then the videos aren't for you. Right. And I realized from reading some of the comments that you actually reach people and help people that other People can't help or reach. One, 100%. you've walked in their shoes, first of all. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. If you're you're hearing things from someone who knows exactly what it's like to go to withdrawal or what's, what it's like to screw people over, what it's like to to ruin relationships, it's what it's ideal. like to put... You know, you, someone who's... Edu- I'm, not, I'm saying they're... Yeah, different people have different messages, but Ryan can... Ryan's been there, and a lot of people can relate to what he's sharing, and that is a beautiful thing. And um, and so you know what TikTok, they're not. It's not for me. I'm going to quit listening. And if people hear yeah, stuff right. that he's done that I I don't know about, that's that's okay. But um, he is, like I said, he's helping people. He is. My yeah. friend uh, reached out who I worked with at Olive Garden. I don't know. We're like, you are related to recovery. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah. He's oh like, Asia, he's helped me get through so much stuff. <laughs> right. So it is It is awesome. I think you do make a good point. It is things that the, the perspective, even for me, like I, I don't sometimes understand or get the things that the choices he's made. And I'll sit here and I'm like, how? But I also, I don't know. I feel me and Ryan are also in a... I think my anxiety has stopped me from doing a lot of things and I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for having such high anxiety mm-hmm. levels because when I go out and I do things I can get carried away just like all of us but it is it is really great to see Ryan actually being like you said he can touch people that other people can actually <laughs> you know 
not touching too many people. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he it is it's a it's a great thing that he gets to do on his on his platform and people don't you know, they don't understand and even with his humor we've um it's it is kind of interesting when I even we've talked about stuff a lot of stuff we talk about obviously before we decide to put it on the podcast. And there's stuff I've talked to him about and I'm you know quite serious and I can see him trying to be super supportive, but he'll like throw a joke in there and it's not a bad, like, I just know that's the way Ryan, like he's, he's, he's being supportive by listening to me. And these, um, jokes are his way of like also coping it. Like he's feeling, mm-hmm. sorry to like, you know, I feel like analyze you, but like, you know, mm-hmm. that's his, the way him, his way to deal with it and like help me support, support me through whatever I'm talking about. Yes. And then, so it gets, you know, I feel like I've had to take that time and know, like Ryan and that's his you know best and worst quality of himself I would say yes I think that's um, been an issue I I think we've never really had a heart-to-heart well I mean like like even when we're talking about serious stuff there's always then a joke coming and Mm -hmm. that frustrates me I guess because I want more of the serious tones Yeah. yeah and so but then I'm realizing that's just not um, that's not who he is. And, and uh, I, you know, also I would like to point out, sorry to interject here, <laughs> but I would just like to say probably at least 50% of the time I'm serious. You, I swear, I don't it's know. Your, I think but it's your, I guess then your delivery yeah, yeah, no, is I'm with the you. thing, right? I think it's hard to differ, differentiate. It is for me. Sometimes. It is for me. Because and, I feel like, I don't know. And I think you have dry humor. The other maybe. day you, you said something, well, I tried talking to you and I'm like, no. Yeah. And I mean, some of like, this stuff yeah. probably does sound like it would be a joke because things are ridiculous. Or maybe, yeah. but I don't. I just, I get you it. know, we just handle. You know, we just I haven't mean, to, had a real. I feel like it's just easier to talk about things if you're joking about it. It's not that I don't take it seriously, because I, I don't know. I mean, some of the stuff it's like if you don't, if you, if you take it too seriously. I don't know that you're going to get out on the other side. Yeah. I really don't know that. I mean, if you don't try to joke about I mean, what, what else are you supposed to do? I can't change anything that has happened, you know. Just because I joke about it doesn't mean I don't take it seriously. And I, I guess think. I don't know. Maybe I don't take anything seriously. No, I, 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 I mean, know. I know you do. And I think that's um, what people, like maybe uh, people who bash you on TikTok don't understand is that that's just how you cope. And, you know, who's, you know, who's, I should bashing me. I'm just saying, I don't know. The summary, no, I'm, I'm sure I <laughs> mean, sometimes you get comments from people that just don't know or don't believe you or think, you know, you're making fun of people yeah. ODing when you've been there. You've right. I mean, been obviously through it. Nothing, you've lost so many right, people. Yeah. You almost could have died yourself. And so, I mean, no, you no. know, the seriousness of it. But right. you still I mean, like obviously presented in it's, it's not very funny. Right. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out that I don't think that these things are genuinely funny. Right. I mean honestly I like to use humor as a way to like bring up topics that, you know, people I don't know, it just brings awareness. If I'm yeah. joking or not joking, I'm talking about joking about Narcan, joking about people overdosing, joking it, about being prepared, you know. Joking, right. I think it just gives some level of like credibility and it's like you don't want to just be like oh boo hoo me look at all this stuff that happened. I think there's a, a but having said that I think you have a shared some you've had a few uh videos that were more serious and I yeah. think that's good too. 
I, I like think, to keep the people guessing. Yeah, I think I think that's good I like too. To keep them and I guessing. think it's good to remind people, you know, the damage they you know, the the, the hurt that addiction can cause. 100%. And the relationships that suffer and you know that I think it's good to share that too. Yeah, I mean I really think a big contribute really when when we also set the podcast having him having his TikTok really also set the idea of off us being able to do this because it's not it's very rare like you say people don't talk about it and once again the whole premises of this podcast is to talk about things that people are not talking about and it really get, get did give the spark of like okay Ryan if you're gonna be an open book like let's go you know and I'm like I'll be do my best to be as open as I can on myself and let's start that you know let's let's talk about it and let's be aware of things and I don't know discuss more things than than not and I think that's once again what makes it so great because especially in addiction people don't want they want to ignore those things they don't want to see those things no one wants to think there's all these negatives but they, they do happen and so let's let's you know make a light of it and so it is it's a weird beautiful awkward strange but awesome thing it is and um I um, have not shared Ryan's story with many people. Even close friends of mine do not know um, that everything we've been through. That there's been a lot. You know, they don't. They, I haven't shared at all. And um, part of it is to respect his privacy because he's an adult, and it's his story, and it's his story. To de- it's up to him to determine who to share with or not. Having said that, though. I still needed some help, and I have a few good friends that I, I shared uh, that know that know they can't handle the truth. <laughs> they know uh, a lot, um, but like I said, I still have a lot of friends who have no idea, and they're pretty good friends. And I've never told them, you know, Ryan's about Ryan's addiction, about Ryan's. What's that going to come up in everyday conversation or something? You know, it's not. But you would think at some point over, you know, three or four years, somehow, yeah, it I mean, would, I guess that makes sense. you know, it would come up. But um, so for me, it's, uh, I think I mentioned yesterday, there's shame mm-hmm. and I own it. I, there's shame or. It's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, Very you, reasonable. you know, it's, it's. We got a little out there. It's hard. It's hard as a parent because um, you you have this uh, this vision for your children and drug addiction isn't what you imagine for them. And Tell everyone about how much of a prodigy I was growing up, please. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, yeah, Ryan. Um, Tell them about how I was the golden child in the family. Ryan <laughs> um, is very very intelligent. Let him I'm know. not going to say he's more intelligent than our other children because mm. they are also very intelligent. Well, the school but Ryan. Decided. Ryan showed a, an incredible uh, math ability, especially in math when he was little. He was, Square root of 69 yes, is 8-something, right? You could. Uh, we would, like, ask him. I mean, even when he was three, I can remember asking him, you know, what's 452 and 697? And I would have to calculate. I'd have a calculator, and he would have the answer before I could even uh I'd have to do it on the calculator. He would have the answer. So he was very, very, very advanced in math. So he, a very, very bright. Do you think my extreme, I mean, honestly, just off the charts level intelligence uh, caused some of my addiction problems? I would not say he's off the charts <laughs> intelligent. This is our chance. Um, I think we can paint whatever picture we want here. Do you, I don't know what uh, what happened, but at some point, and I don't know why, at some point you just wanted to, 
I want to say dumb yourself down. I don't. 100%. I cannot think of a better term for that. And it no, was around fifth grade. I had to nerf myself. He I was too powerful. Was, he was mad because he was in the spelling on the spelling. He was chosen to be on the spelling. I B was a nerd, man. They were making fun of and me. And he was mad. He did not want to do it. I spelled he, mayonnaise wrong on stage, he, and he, I started crying. He. I don't remember that. I just I remember do. you did not want to be there. Fourth grade. Come and um, he uh, did not. There came a point. And he was going, he was advanced in math. They were going to um, have him skip a grade because he came home from first grade with this two plus two. And I'm like, okay, this, I wrote a note to the teacher and said, this is not cutting it. And so he, she sat him down. He finished the whole book in 30 minutes and said, okay, yeah, this is not challenging for him. And so they were talking about having him skip a grade, but he was already so young that he would have graduated when he was 16. And, um, so they just decided, no, they didn't want to do that. So they just had him go up a grade for math. So he was really advanced in math. But there had, I, I think around fifth grade, he just in did grade. not want to be acknowledged at all for being intelligent. I did. And I think that's when he it. quit trying in school, trying to do well in anything in school from that moment on. So that sounds about right. Probably, I, I yeah. think it was fifth grade or so. That's a, yeah. When I got to middle school, yeah, it was over. yeah for sure. Yeah, it was yeah. over. Do you it think was. it was because were you picked on like a lot in class? Was there a lot of like, well, Ryan, come to the front and show us? Were you like, I mean, was there like honestly, a highlight in your childhood where there was like, you were praised too much? I know. What do you mean? No way. The beauty. The I can beautiful remember thing. The, I can remember Jeff, even our baseball coach. He'd be like, what's this person? He'd be like, all right, he's this for this. You know, what's his bat? I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I just definitely, I feel like was, I just felt different, you know, better or worse. It just seemed different. Like when I was in second grade, I, or when I was in one of the early grades, the math class was right before lunch. So I had to eat lunch with the next grade up and I didn't know any of those people. And I just, you know, there I was like, By you yourself. know, they try to make you feel Good. Included. And I had my big glasses on, eating my cranberry <laughs> turkey sandwiches, <laughs> living the dream. I think, though, honestly, though, when you, like, if you were to stereotype someone really intelligent and a nerdy kid who's mm-hmm. being picked on, that was not Ryan. No, no, Ryan no. had For an sure. incredible charisma right. as well. Uh, seriously. And uh, we've talked about this. We talked about this the other at the at um, your brother's wedding, he has amazing charisma. Has always had charisma. Let him know. Very popular with everybody. Men everybody, and women. you yes, <laughs> evidently, man. evidently, men and women. And um, but I mean, like you know, it didn't matter what demographics, what age group. Ryan just has something, mm-hmm. and he's had it from the time he was young. BDE. His older brother was talking about it the other day. Yeah, we BDE, called it the Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, yeah, BDE. <laughs> BDE. What's BDE? Big Dick Energy. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> oh well then I thought you either got all it or the you whole don't. family had it. Well, <laughs> I, I don't write. I don't make the rules. Anyway, <laughs> I I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I think though, I, like she was saying, I didn't. I never felt particularly like I was never. I would say picked on. Mm-hmm. But there were times where I definitely felt I would say like ostracized because if that makes sense, you know, because like I feel like at the school, even in my school, I was the only kid. I mean, when I was in fifth grade for math, I went and I was the only kid in the whole class. Just me and the teacher, you know? I had to fight for that, too. It was very... That was a good class, though. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I love that class. I'm like, he's not doing fifth grade math again. And um, I work in a school system, so they bend over backwards to accommodate people on the other end of the spectrum. And I said, no, we're going to do something here for Ryan. Because... 
a lot of times, you know, uh, when you have uh, students who are struggling or who are EC, you know, they get all the accommodations. And even though he was AIG, that's what we call it, gifted, um, they they suggested he he do fifth grade math again, and I'm like, no, I don't think so. We're oh not doing gosh. that. You took resources away from someone that needed them. That's okay. You're right. Because look okay. how well we turned out. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I fought for that, and actually, I don't I don't really know if that's that was the start the start of Ryan's decline in his oh, educational. Yeah. He, like he, middle school, I just I feel like all the other people because you know I played sports, baseball, I was just playing basketball still, and I feel like. The people just didn't do particularly well in school, but they were getting all the ladies was the thing. Mm. I was like, oh. You could have had it all, buddy. I see what's going on so, here. Right, so you, though, grew up pretty much with the same circle of, from elementary to high school. So oh, yeah. So the so same like, kids. You go, like, yeah, yeah. My elementary school, I think, what is it, four elementary schools go to the middle school? Three. Three, and then you go to the same high school as. So, yeah, I knew everybody from... He ran the school. He so. came from Pretty kindergarten much. through 12th grade, probably, I bet, 99, no, 90% of the kids were the same. Like, yeah. And so, though, obviously, I don't know if they know, you had mentioned it, but you worked at, at the school for, still currently work at the school. So being more of like a, a pillar, I would say, in the community, sort of, or at least known in the community? Known. By, by the kids that go through the school. Which the is parents. all his friends, I guess. And I feel like that would make it another, that would obviously add another element of difficulty. That was difficult. Because, yeah, I feel like, you know, everyone knows. Who your mom is. Yeah. And everyone's watching. Right. And they know. Right. And then he'd get in trouble, and I'd know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to, like, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. I remember that they tried to give me. They tried to suspend me because I was talking like Napoleon Dynamite you? for a whole year. It was awful. I called though. my teacher I freaking went... idiot. No way. It I was swear. awful. Eighth grade. It was awful. Eighth grade. I think it was eighth. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Mrs. Seventh Rose. grade. Seventh grade. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. It was awful. It was frustrating. I was yeah. It was. That's... It was an interesting time. It was. It was tough. I thought it was so funny. I love. That's my favorite movie of all time. People just. You can't call your teacher a freaking idiot, I guess. I didn't remember you specifically saying that, but I know you had that tone the whole year. It was, and I just wanted to (laughs) slap him. I bet. Slap him. Freaking bonegget. It was tough. I worked at the school then. And I feel like it's so different for me, even like hearing this perspective. I mean, you know, when you're talking about him being gifted, and like for me, my my big struggle was a lot with um, um, just trying to be average. So it's so different, like, when me and Ryan also work on things and stuff, you know, um, you, like, the other day we had mentioned, even in the podcast, we had that little uh, little heated debate the other day, and uh, because he's a person who uh, who's always been able to walk into a test and not have to study for the test, and I'm obviously the complete opposite. I have to take, like, three days, I'm going to be studying 12 hours a day, and so, <laughs> yeah, it's so different to see him... Um, like he can just he has that ability to just be able Used to, to do you know put the you know even on the podcast like we don't have to it is part of that like suave talking and then he has that ability and so it is can get frustrating for me someone who feels like I have to over plan over write things down I need to I can't just post what I, I can't just write a post like I can't just do that like and so it's so crazy and also I, frustrating because I'm like this guy can just I don't know you if know? that's necessarily the case. I think I just have lower standards. No, but you're I think super I'm just smart. Fine or a, com- like, a combination. 
Yeah. A bit of both. both. I guess. A bit of both. I think I think that's a big part of though it because he could get because you you can do a lot of things without a lot of prep work. Yes. And obviously that's something I feel like that's been a constant your whole life. Yeah, it's probably been a bit of a bit of a burden now looking back. Well, yeah, I feel like you don't you don't have as the not saying you don't have motivation, but it does have it's a really part to try of that drive. Like at anything. Exactly, especially and, school. I mean, that's the only thing I really have done so far. No, but you're and doing was, other stuff. But you have yeah. to look look even with the TikTok. You you have a you have two hundred fifty thousand followers. Not everyone two hundred fifty one thousand. My bad, <laughs> my bad. You know, and like we're doing this is kicking off super well, and I think you know you it, it's a one of your blessing and curse things about you is that you have such ability to just pick something up but that's also some what the worst thing because then there's never an actual like well I'm gonna do this in a healthy way to continuously on and and I know I've I've said that but I'm like I can't I'm like I hope this is a long run thing for us I hope this is something we can buckle in and stick with I know that's why I'm like I'm like I don't want to go crazy right off the bat because we'll work 20 I'll work 24 hours straight for you know a week and then just be like I'm tired. I'm I quit. So I'm trying to, you know, there's got to be some kind of balance for sure. But I would say, I think we're doing just lovely. I would say, honestly, mom, I would I would gotta say it means a lot having you on here. It really does. It really does mean a lot because obviously, you know, I know that what I've done is not good. I know that it's not right, and I know that it's embarrassing. I'm not stupid and it really does mean a lot that you're here and you know showing your support because i i don't know i mean i guess some it does help some people for whatever somewhat i don't know what's wrong with these people where they're where they're looking at my videos and getting clean i, I don't think, know what's um, going on with these people uh it i, I my love, I love you unconditionally. Number one, son. I'm not going to say that. You just, I, love you. I thought you said it earlier. I thought we went over uh, this. I love you unconditionally. Um, I haven't always liked you. That's understandable. Um, I was a terrible, the, terrible son. Um, I, feel, I went years, I feel like, without telling you I loved you because I thought it was like a, like a weakness. We, I think it was seven years. Ryan would not say he loved me for seven years. And he's... um. He's, he has said some really hurtful things to me. Fuck you like that. I think I said uh, that once or twice. There's some other things too. Punch some holes in the wall. You yeah. Know. I, we, we've, I, I actually joke because like, my memory's going. I don't know if that's dementia or what. But it's probably a blessing that I don't remember a lot of things. Because when probably. I start, sometimes I go and, and my husband gets frustrated with me because I'll go, do you remember that? We should have known then. Do you remember? The l-? And I'll go on and on and on. And so I luckily don't remember everything. Um, She's but, off them bars. Um, I do. I do love you. I, and I will always love you. Um, but I, I, like I said, I haven't always liked you. And That's um, reasonable. I have not always liked myself. And you haven't always liked me either. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the way it is, it's the nature of the beast. It's Quit going the way through my stuff. It is. I did the best I could. Oh you my did. gosh, I did the best I could. Um, and I and that's really why I wanted to be here. You know, for the moms that um, don't blame themselves or. Um, I've heard horrible stories and, you know, I only went to counseling for a little while, but I did listen in some support groups and uh, did go to um, 
is it Al-Anon? Mm-hmm. Al-Anon meetings. Yeah. Uh, the, it can be brutal. It can be brutal to hear parents uh, talk about what they've been through and uh, not know how to help. And um, it's hard. It's hard. It's a, it's, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but we're here and he's alive. And um, you know, what, what a miracle that, that you're here. Really? I mean, I mean, honestly, Oh, tell the story about when I got in the wreck. Tell the story about when I called you. Okay. So let me just go back a little bit. Ryan went to rehab three times. Um, the same rehab three times. Shout out and, to Crestview Recovery Center. Right. And um, and we, we have a difference of opinion. But uh, in my humble opinion, Ryan did not go to get clean. Ryan 100%. Did, and he, uh, yeah. You I got kicked it. out the first time. Right. He didn't go for the right reasons. He went to escape, to avoid. I, to, kept, I was doing better every time. It's um, progress, I'm, not perfection. I'm just saying. You Honestly, know, getting out of your toxic environment is very beneficial. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, he, anyway. So he uh, he went, and then he left and just picked right back up. I knew you had, and I didn't know what to do. You weren't living with me. There's nothing I could do. And then we talked him into going again, and he goes, and he does really well, and you know, and then he gets out, and you know, we talk about sober living and how they suggest that's what you do, but then you're, but if you don't want to be clean, it's not going to work. And then on top of that, you have a whole other group of resources, you know that. And, mm-hmm. and and that and if you're easily influenced, I am. if you aren't determined to be clean, it's not going to work. But anyway, the third time, he left uh, treatment and went to sober living. Um, I was hopeful, and then I found out he got kicked out of sober living, and that was when um, we had to say. And this is what's tough when you you we're done, we're done. We're not giving you, right. You don't, you're not living. You cannot live with it. He wasn't living with us, but you will never live with us again. You're not, you know, we're not opening our doors. We're not going to give give you a warm bed to sleep in and we're not going to give you money. No money. What about a cold bed? No, no, nothing. You're my doors are not open anymore. This is where we were. And, um, and he had actually had a job. He'd gotten, he got kicked out of rehab. I guess you were staying in a hotel. I don't know, living in a truck that, also uh, was um, not paid for. So it was like you show up with the truck money or the truck's gone. We were taking the truck too and you're going to have no vehicle, no home. This is where we were. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's like, okay, well, I got a job. So he he, he got a job and was hadn't started yet. But anyway, <clears throat> I was at, I went to, me, I guess I made the payment for your sober living because that was oh, our yeah, agreement. Tell y'all. Right. Our agreement <laughs> was, Ryan, if you if you do what what we want you to do or what they suggest you do to be clean, you know, we will help you. We will pay your car payment, we'll pay your sober living, and you just go to the meetings and do what they ask you to do to That's all we know. That's yeah. what we know. So I went to make the payment for his sober living and um the gentleman who I was getting to know very well because Ryan had been in sober living before said, you know, he, he failed his uh, drug test and he's out. And so of course I text Ryan and you know, he was out. So at that point we're done. So it was like a week, maybe, I don't know, less than a week later, I was at work and I got a call and 
normally Ryan, if he were going to contact me, would text me. So anyway, I got a call on my actual office phone and I said, hello, this is Allison. May I, may I help you? And he's, he said, mom, I've been in a wreck. And first of all, I have three boys, but I thought I knew who it was. And he said, you know, this is Ryan. I'm like, why are you, you know, are you okay? Of course, it didn't occur to me. He was talking to me, so he obviously was pretty okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I don't know. Uh, something like, I was in a wreck. Where are you? I don't know. What hospital? I don't know. So he did not know what happened. He did not know where he was. He did not know what hospital, what county. He thought it was a county uh, uh, to the west of us, but he wasn't sure. Uh, he did not know. No memory, nothing. He made no sense. And I finally said, Ryan, you need to hand the phone to someone. So I if, I need to talk to someone. Yeah. Who, who, who knows? knows what's going on. Right. So I think the first... Uh, I don't know. I talked to a couple of people. The first one may have been like just a, a very young volunteer and she didn't know what she could and couldn't tell me. So then they handed the phone off to the nurse. And the nurse said uh, he was in a car accident. Um, he's hurt. He hurt his back, but it's not like they're going, not so severe that he needs to be hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'll never forget this. She said... Um, she, what this nurse said was, he's making some poor decisions, mom. He's making some poor decisions, but really physically he's going to be okay. And mm-hmm. and so she told me that um, he the name of the hospital is it two hours away. It's a completely different county than where he thought he was. <laughs> and uh, they said, we need to come get him. She did say that the, the driver had, they had to shut down the interstate. The driver had been airlifted. That Ryan had his seatbelt on, and he might very well have Safety been killed. First. Might very well have been killed or badly hurt or injured. The driver didn't have a seatbelt on, and um, and you know someone needed to come and get him. And uh, and so we jumped in the car and we headed to Charlotte, and um, and got him. And he was still in very, very bad shape as far as drug. Traumatic brain injury. He was still high on whatever. And so he did not. Concussion. He had, I think, a slight concussion. He had a back, his he had a back injury for sure. And, um, but he was still totally. Your boy was faded. He was, he was, he was, uh, he couldn't remember. He didn't know who he was with. He didn't know what happened. He had no memory. You still don't, Actually, do you? Um, not really, but it's funny because on the EMS report, we have, I've seen the report since then, and they said the only thing I couldn't remember my name, the year, the only thing I could remember was Trump was president. <laughs> of course. In the EMS report, that's all they said. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was bad. And then his friend, I guess, I don't know if you considered him a friend, who, rehab acquaintance. Yes, his rehab friend was uh, wasn't he in the hospital five weeks? Six weeks, I believe. Yeah, very yeah. seriously injured. But yeah, the phone call was frightening, and um, that's you know that's. How did you think? How were you like? What were your when you had? The, I know you were already almost at your wit's end, but how was that emotion? I guess like 
coming into him realizing like you're he's been severely not severely injured but you know like he a good shakeup yeah yeah it's a serious moment yes um, it was a very very serious accident um the pictures of the car just horrendous i mean it is really amazing that you guys lived yeah they said i only survived because i was so faded and it could be you didn't tense or whatever. I heard that's, that makes a difference. Like yeah. when you're getting ready to wreck, if you you know and you tense. Um, but it was it was hard. And um, it, it was hard. And then, because he had nowhere to live, because we... Gotcha. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he had, we had nowhere to take. I mean, what do you do? Yeah. We had made up our minds. He's not coming home. We're not enabling you. This, you know, that- that's what you learn. It's enabling if you let someone live in your home that continue to use is and you give them a, I mean that's enabling that's where it is that's where it was and we had to bring him home because there was nowhere to take him and he was injured and so um so that that kind of messed up everything up and um and so we brought him home and and somehow he ends up here and thank god but um we are here thriving now yeah I, but it, it's hard, and 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 there have been times, and I know this sounds sad. I mean, it is sad. Where, um, like, I've written drafts of his obituary in my head, and and no mother should do that. Mm-mm. But it's a very real thing. It's very real. He's, you know, we he's lost friends, doing what I guess what he does, and um, so like I was, I've told Mark on occasion, my husband, that you know what if. If something happens, if we lose him, and it's from your poor choices, I'm going to write an obituary that says exactly how I feel. Not, oh, he died peacefully. You know, I'm not going to pretend it's some... Died peacefully on the rumble Quiet, steps. you know, sweet, drifted up. No, I would be brutal. I would be brutal, I think, Sheesh. if... if I mean, you know, Do you? let's don't die in vain. Let's, you know, let's get the message out. Die let's, in the vein. You know, let's. So, but the, the, with that too, though, like even I know. So you would. So you're saying if he passed away, you'd become more vocal about it. But why not before then? Like I know, you know, you you seem so timid. But why does it have to be? Why did it have to be until he died to become vocal about it? Even still, now you say you're not as um. You know, he's doing much, much, much better. Maybe not where he wants to be, but on the track towards that. So you know, there. there there is. I know success story there and yes so i don't how did that feel i'm making i'm making i'm I'm, we ain't out of the woods yet (laughs) no i just out of the woods yet i have my own issues and baby Mm -hmm. steps i think just being here is a huge Mm -hmm. huge step for me to just really you know you know ryan knows i am like this is a big deal and so um i I'm getting there. Yeah. And I know one thing when I went to counseling the, at first, she, you know, my counselor was saying, well, what if you volunteer and become involved in, in that? And I was just not having that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, because that's, t- like, that's telling the whole world, everybody, you know, that this is what my family's dealing with. And I don't want to share that yet. I didn't want to share that yet. But I think in time, I'll get there. And I, like I said, I think this is a big step for me. Um, and... Um, yeah it's good i think words are so powerful and you know for all you know the 
just a handful of your friends probably are going the same exact thing with their kids at the end of the day. I don't know. You know, some of there's there, there's more numbers than you think, and people are embarrassed about it. And I don't think that people it has to be you know talked about more. You know, and they're just like you. You're some people. We feel like it's a bad thing or a burden, but no one goes into like you said, go into active addiction, going like, let me go get addicted. You know, right, right. Well, I th- environment's a big thing too, and that's why it's refreshing for me, like to be here and today, like to go to the party. Uh, at the office and um, and to to see how many people know Ryan's story and love him and accept him and um, and know they know you know Ryan struggles all the details right they do probably more than they want <laughs> and um, how how refreshing that is do you know that mm-hmm. to and and I think also some of it is you know your dad my brother um, he. When you're, no, maybe it's just who I am. Because my husband can handle things a lot better than I do as well. I was going to say, if you're kind of not quite involved, it's easier. But it's so. probably just me. It's um, also, well, I, I also know. think it's harder. I, I don't know Ryan in active addiction. I don't know him in full-blown active addiction. And I think that's also, these people down here also don't know Ryan in full-blown active addiction. And I do think that's semi-part of it. I don't, obviously don't think it's all of it. But I don't, I don't know how he is. I know he can have bad days here and things he gets upset or whatever. But, like, I don't know him when he was at his... When he was Sorry. at his, uh, <laughs> you're good. Come on, Mom. Sorry, <laughs> you're good. You're good. But I think that is, you know, a, 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 some semi part of it. And obviously, everyone loves him here. And also, being around my father, though, everyone knows that. You can't tell him without yes, anyone knowing he business. Has no secret. Well, that's also why I get why. Also, you probably didn't tell us even. <laughs> even he he will tell that. everybody. I mean, he right. will. He doesn't. He doesn't care. My he my brother has no no sense of boundaries as far as you know if you share something with him you you got to know it's going to go everywhere to anywhere wherever i mean honestly i feel like in in a sense it would piss me off it used to what uh oh yeah oh talking about it whatever whatever if he said you know if anything he says is one less thing that i have to say right well, and I think it's also been interesting going, like, we've been we've been trying to hang out with more friends, you know, we're trying to get friends over here at High Tea Farms, <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a different also navigating and bringing up those conversations, you know, as in passing, like, you know, I've been there and, like, bringing up, like, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, in recovery or, you know, have this pass or whatever, and it is interesting him navigate and talking about it, it is different, sometimes you do get that, like, how are people going to respond? You don't know what the response is going to be, but I feel like nine out of like most of the time, someone goes that they can relate with it, and I think that's that's what's crazy is like they have a family member, or a friend, or someone who's gone through something so similar. Yes. So it's yeah. it's just bringing it up and you know normalizing it. Yeah. In a it's, healthy way. It right. is. It is very prevalent, and um, but sometimes for me, I just feel like I'm the only one in my close group of friends right that's how i feel like a lot of my things i'm like i don't personally know anyone right you know a lot of times it's like i don't know anyone going through this particular situation so it's like you look around and you're like i'm the only one in the entire world and you're like wait that's just not not it that's really not accurate and you also just don't know no one taught no one will admit that they have a problem exactly. right it's the highlight reels we're only Most people don't the know times. that they have a problem that too I mean, you know. Well, like you said, even right in the beginning of our conversation, it's figuring out when does the wilding become 
into something else because we all can have a fun, good time and right. be the life of the party and enjoying it here and there. But when does it shift? How do we know when, okay, now I need to, you know, when's that time that goes click? Okay, this was the incident. It's going downhill. Well, I think also too, how you become an addict is like if Ryan had had surgery or, uh, you know, was Explains prescribed, itself. you know, prescribed. Uh, I got my wisdom teeth out that one time. But you were probably already. That's not the point. Okay. <laughs> my point is I, I think I've worked. I think there are people at my school who are addicts, mm-hmm. right? And I think. Everybody's addicted to something. Well, I'm Everybody just saying like, you know, I know Substance. someone who's had a lot of surgeries and she right. goes around and I look at her and I'm thinking, yeah, I think you got a problem. Mm-hmm. So, but for me, I think it, that makes a difference too. I know that sounds stupid, but it does. If Ryan, you know, hadn't just. You want a reason. Yes. I can do bad all by myself. Yeah. I mean, like it's different how some, to me it is. And I I can remember, I, I'm sure you don't remember this, but I remember you came by my work one day. So messed up. And look, it was, luckily there was, a, there weren't many people there. And that is a memory I hate. Yeah. I absolutely hate. And um, that's hard to see someone who's really just someone you love who just is so messed up. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah, I think it is difficult. I mean, one because I'm there's a video my ex took at one mm. point, mm-hmm. and up until and she didn't show it to me for like several months, and then she finally like showed it to me. And I was like, geez, because you don't know, you don't know how bad you look. You right. have no idea. You're just chilling. You're cool. Yeah, you're like, no, nobody knows. My face would be all. I would just script like my. I would rub my face raw because your blood like gets so thin. So I'd have like, I think I almost had, even have like a scar right here because I just would constantly. My nose would have, my whole face would just have marks. You know. I wasn't living with him then, and and so. I don't know. I I guess I was in denial a lot, but I missed a lot because we didn't. We just weren't together that much. Yeah, I mean, so I, I avoided you yeah, guys on purpose, right? Unless and, I needed money, right, right. Man. So you know, but um, it's hard to see someone like that. It is. It is really, really hard. Someone you love, you know, like your child. They just faded. Don't, don't want. Don't you don't wish that for anyone right. you love and. And that was, that's, that was, there've been some tough memories there. Yeah. And now it's always going to be almost like that constant though battle even, you know, always the, in the back of your mind and itching at it. And I, so I think. Thanks for reminding <laughs> I will always well, I think worry. It, I think, yeah. The, and that's why as a mom though, that, that, that never goes away. Even, even someone who's not even suffering as i obviously I don't have any kids and I'm only speaking on, you know, what I've heard and feel like, you know, the love. And no one, you know, everyone always says no one should die before their child. No. You know, and then I couldn't imagine the pain and the fear and the worry and the, and the constant unknown. And it, I, it, yeah, from outside looking in, it, it's tough even just feeling the emotions that, that are there now. So yeah. I can't imagine being in it. Yes. Yeah. It's very hard. Well, mom, I guess we just want to say thank you for thank you. coming and discussing some of your feelings with us it was nice to air some things out thank you for inviting me <laughs> and not freak out no i don't freak out no i meant me oh 
Good. Yeah, it was good. I thought yeah. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was going to get maybe a little heated for a bit, but it, it was great having you back. And mm-hmm. I really hope that um, even when you come back and visit next time, we can do another episode and really get to expand on maybe some other topics with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. That's I, right. I just want to say that I, I love you unconditionally, love you. and I am proud of you. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. If you pawn that necklace I bought you, that bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be even. <laughs> <laughs> all right as always thanks for joining us have a wonderful week and thank you for being here thank you for being here